Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Admiral, how do you assess, do you assess the issue of sexual misconduct within the Canadian Armed Forces? And what's your personal reaction as a career officer and former Vice Chief of Staff? Yeah, um, well, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that the institution is in a crisis. And, um, you know, there are many things that uh, militaries depend upon uh, for um, effective operations and leadership. And among those are uh, loyalty and confidence, or confidence and trust. And uh, at the moment, I think it's fair to say that uh, there's a significant lack of confidence and trust probably in the rank and file, uh, certainly amongst those who've been um, victimized by uh, these uh, these actions that we're hearing about. And uh, I think it's having a, a significant and probably lasting impact on the institution. For me personally, um, it's uh, it's heart-wrenching. I'm, I'm truly gutted by this and uh, I, um, I'm both saddened and uh, and frustrated all at the same time. Admiral Norman, the um, the Minister of National Defense has announced, and you just heard the clip, part of the clip, an independent investigation into sexual misconduct in the Canadian Armed Forces to be headed by former Supreme Court Justice Louise Arbour. There already was a report on sexual misconduct within the CAF issued in 2015 by another Supreme Court Justice, Marie Deschamps. What are your thoughts on launching the Arbor investigation and what happened to the recommendations by Justice Deschamps? Okay, well, um, I was serving in 2015. I was the commander of the Navy uh, when Madame Deschamps uh, arrived on the scene and, and when she um, presented her findings. And uh, I'll start with, with that and then I'll address your, your other question uh, subsequently. Um, I can tell you that uh, at the time um, we uh, we failed. We failed to really embrace the significance of what we were being told. Um, my sense uh, is that uh, there was a reluctance to truly um, accept the gravity uh, of uh, the situation, and uh, certainly the implementation of the recommendations. Subsequent to her report, were um, piecemeal and um, not necessarily um, with all the seriousness and uh, gravity that they should have should have been implemented. As it relates to the launching of yet another um, review, um, I, like many Canadians, have enormous respect for uh, Justice Arbour, and I'm sure she'll do a great job. But fundamentally, I think. This is um, uh, more political than practical, and um, my concern is that 
um, we, we, we now have to wait uh, probably another 12 to 18 months. Uh, it, it may be shorter than that, but, but the bottom line is that there's action that needs to be taken immediately and uh, waiting for her to, um, to present whatever findings she's going to present. Um, I hope they're worth it because uh, the, the, the men and women of the armed forces who are being affected by this, uh, they need action now. They need strong leadership now. And, and uh, waiting is probably not going to address their immediate concerns. You mentioned leadership. So we have the most senior officers in the military being spoken about and investigated. Was there a long-time concern among senior officers that some within the command structure of the Canadian Armed Forces were engaging in questionable sexual conduct? Yeah, this is... um, You look at these things in hindsight, and um, I personally... um, would not have imagined the extent to which uh, we're hearing the kinds of accusations and allegations that are coming out now. Um, you know, there are things that you believe there are things that might be true, and then there are things that you can prove. Um, and uh, part of this is generational in terms of how uh, the institution would have observed and uh, reacted to uh, what was going on at the time. I I did not personally witness um, anything that would have been to the extremes that we're seeing now, um, but my sense is that people would have known about some of these things. Um, it, it, it's a small community. Um, and I think that speaks to part of the problem uh, that's coming out uh, and has been coming out in the last few months. And I think that that is that uh, people are not necessarily acting um, in the most transparent and um, correct fashion um, when they believe something may have happened or when, in fact, they're presented with um, information that would lead them to uh, suspect that something's happened. So, you know, uh, it's, some of it is shocking, um, and certainly the impact on the uh, alleged victims is shocking. Um, Sadly, some of it isn't necessarily surprising. And then I know that's probably not what people want to hear, but I think it's true. Uh, Admiral Norman, recognizing that it's a different system to public law enforcement. Can you explain to us, please, how the investigative process works in the military? When, when, when complaints are brought forward, what happens within the military investigative or police service? Yeah, it's a great question, Roy. And I think um, part of the problem we're seeing and have seen over the last several months is the answer to that question is it depends. And um, it depends on a variety of factors. It depends on the nature of the allegation. It depends on who's making the complaint. Um, is is it uh, a victim uh, making an allegation? Is it somebody doing it as a third party? Is it the chain of command? Um, 
the bottom line is if you if you and your listeners were to imagine uh, a scale of uh, investigative um, authorities, uh, investigative bodies, or at the less serious end of things, you would have um, an internal um, unit investigation, and at the top end of things, you would have a potential criminal um, investigation. Um, often these things are um, initially investigated and then turned over to um, the police, military police, either the uh, National Investigative Service or the military police uh, proper, uh, depending on the nature of things. Um, the internal investigations at the beginning um, often create problems because they either muddy the waters of the subsequent police investigation or they make judgments with respect to what may or may not have happened. They might decide that it's not worthy of a police investigation. And all of these things start to compound and make the situation more complicated than it probably needs to be. And certainly uh, these are contributors to this uh, lack of confidence uh, that has been um, underlying um, many of the things that have been reported uh, over the last several months. And then at the most serious end, of course, um, and also related to the, the potential rank of the alleged perpetrator, then you get into um, the more sensitive investigations by the National Investigative Service, um, which we're seeing as ongoing right now. So the bottom line is there are a whole series of factors that are taken into account. Um, it is far more complicated than it probably should be. And um, I think this is an area that definitely requires some focus. And I, I don't have um, a lot of confidence, notwithstanding the fact that they're good people and they're trying to do their best. Um, the military police and National Investigative Service are understaffed. Um, they're not as experienced or qualified as many of their civilian colleagues. Uh, they don't have... Um, the, the sort of depth and breadth um, that uh, that is required. And we've seen some terrible reports recently of a complete lack of sensitivity as it relates to um, dealing with victims uh, of alleged uh, violence. And, and so, to be honest, this is a, a key area that just has to be sorted out. That's a long answer, but uh, that's, that's the best I can give you. Yeah. Admiral Norman, were, were you ever made aware of sexual misconduct within the ranks at any level? And what would your responsibility have been as commander of the Navy and vice chief of staff? So the answer to your first question is yes. Um, and uh, sadly, you know, these types of things happen. Um, the nature of reporting is also an area that is a bit um, complicated and and um, unclear sometimes. Um, and you would assume that being at the top of an organization, you, you, you would know everything that's going on. It's not always the case, um, and that's a problem in and of itself. Um, as far as actions are concerned, I mean, really, the chain of command um, has 
has a, a few responsibilities. And first of all is to take the allegation seriously, to deal with the, um, the, the victim of, of whatever the alleged um, crime, violence, infraction, harassment uh, might be, um, and then to ensure that it's properly investigated. But, but then the chain of command, to be honest, needs to stay the hell out of it. Um, and it, it's, this is where um, you've got concerns about the independence of the investigators, um, and I think a lot of that concern is legitimate. Uh, you, you've got to allow the investigations to happen independently. You've got to let the professionals do the best job that they can, notwithstanding the limitations um, that I described earlier. Um, and, and and then if, if we're dealing with a, a more serious criminal or code of service discipline uh, infraction, um, then there is an independent judicial system inside the military that's supposed to deal with that. If we're dealing with the less serious end of things where it can be handled administratively, then you need to make sure that the, the proper administrative actions are taken. Um, but very much like the previous question, the, the short answer, which I didn't give you, is it really depends on the circumstances. What's your sense of how the issue of sexual misconduct in the armed forces is being conducted in Canada's parliament? Well, I mean, notwithstanding the, the clear seriousness of this issue, um, and I think it's important that, that, you know, we recognize that... If, this is of great interest to Canadians, and, and it should be. Um, but we need to also understand that, that these are real issues and these are real people that are being affected um, in, in, in all the dimensions of this challenge. So as, as much as it is um, perhaps interesting to watch and observe and comment on, uh, we can't lose sight of the fact, as I said, that these are, these are real people whose lives are being um, adversely affected and and potentially will be impacted for the rest of their lives with that said um my observation is that like like many things um that when we cross the threshold into the politicization of uh key issues um i i don't think they necessarily get the right focus um and uh that there is there's no question in my mind that this issue uh, has been politicized. Um, and um, you would imagine that that would be a good thing because it would draw extra heat and light um, and, and uh, that would help. Um, but that's not always the case. And um, I, think, I think one of the challenges in all of this is to separate um, the institutional issues from the personal and specific issues associated with the allegations and the individuals and the survivors and how they're looked after. And then the third component of this is the one that you're referring to, which is, you know, trying to get a better understanding of who knew what, when, what actions were taken, um, who's accountable, 
um, and and that process um, is is frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's uh, disappointing, and I think Canadians um, deserve better. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 